Which we're talking about getting closer. That's the name of this week's Torah portion. And how it doesn't refer to the way the Neshama is in heaven. Neshama is in heaven already close. Talking about us in this world getting close in a very tangible, literal way. Until, as I mentioned, by Febrengen, people actually sit together and in love and unity. That's what Vigash is about. And that's why um, when we begin to pray every morning, we say with our mouth out loud, I cut upon myself to fulfill the, the mitzvah of love your fellow like yourself. So it's, it's, it, you're saying it because it's not about your soul, it's about bringing it down in the world. And then we spoke about how our coming close to each other has a ripple effect on the world. The unity in the Jewish people, the world was created for the sake of the Jewish people. When they're united, the world is united. And this helped us understand the, um, the Torah portion and how the Torah portion is connected to the word coming close. First of all, we have Yosef and his brothers uniting. And that reunion empowers all the Jewish people for all of history to come close to each other. I was very actually, um, when I was in whatever grade it was, when we got up to the verse, uh, I am Yosef, is my, is my father still alive? And Yosef finally announces himself to his brothers. And I, I, our teacher, Baruch Hashem, and Gazunt, was always so so like emotionally exciting. And I thought, like this, at this possible he's going to dance, and get up, he's, I don't know what he's, he's going to do. But he didn't do anything. And I was like, oh man, like, where, where's, where's, the, where's the, isn't this the moment? And, and the Rebbe's learned yesterday that that is the moment that goes on forever, that, there's, that this is their reunion, is what empowers all Jewish people to get close to each other. And more, that's what allowed the Jewish people to be successful in Egypt. This is, this is what caused Parai to honor them when they came and to give them the best of the land. Um, it wasn't just um, uh, their union, but when they came to Egypt, they elevated all the sparks in Egypt. What empowered them to elevate all the sparks? It was their own unity together, that gave them the power to elevate the, and, and, and reunite unite the world, to reveal the, to reveal the truth of Hashem in creation, which is the purpose of creation, that there should, Hashem's unity should be revealed in the world, the way the world is, in the circumstances, in the details of the time and place of the world. And um, so the union of, of Yosef and Yehuda is, as the Zohar says, the union of worlds. When there's unity among the Jewish people, that causes the revelation of godliness in the world, whereas the Jewish people did. They went to the lowest nation in the world, and they elevated that nation. Now, let's continue now on page uh, 218. That's the meaning of the word Vayigash, to come close, the unity of the lower world with the higher world. The union of this world with the world above it was empowered by the union of Yehuda and Yosef, the unity of the Jewish people. This reunion of Yosef and his brothers, that empowered the next part of the Torah portion, Jewish people coming to Egypt, settling there, and revealing God in Egypt. And the Torah says that Yaakov sent Yehuda to make a yeshiva in Egypt before the Jewish people arrived in Egypt. Who was the one who was empowered to do this? Yehuda, Yehuda had reunited with Yosef. The, the union, the achdus, the love they had for each other is what empowered them to elevate 
Egypt. And this brought Yaakov to live in Egypt. And the word living means in the, in the real sense. He lived his best years in Egypt because he and his sons learned Torah there. As Alter Rebbe said, that asked how is it possible that Yaakov lived his best years in Egypt? And Alter Rebbe answered that, that because he learned Torah there, that's why he, it was considered such a his best years of his life because there's a light that comes from the darkness. Like the Torah says, King David says, out of um, anguish, I call out to you, Hashem, the bounding relief, you answer me. So from the darkness of Egypt, they there created the light of Hashem, which is a much greater light because it comes from the darkness. That's, that's, this was all a product of their union with each other that allowed them to, um, to elevate Egypt and to, and to bring out the greater light. Ches. We had to figure out now something else. Okay, so we explained the majority of the Torah portion, and how that relates to Vayigash, but there's still this part at the end. The end of the Torah portion talks about how the Egyptians have no food, they come to Paroi, and, and basically they have to sell their land to the government in order to be fed. And the only people that are not included in the rule that of they have to exchange their property for food are the priests. The priests are accepted from this rule, and they do not have to um, uh, sell their property back to the government in exchange for food. Similarly, what is the connection between this, the honor to the to the idolatrous priests, and Vayigash coming close? What what connection is there? The Adirab. The exact opposite. Does the punk for the next column? It seems exactly the opposite of the theme of Ayigash. It seems that this last point in the Torah portion is exactly the opposite of what we're saying about the idea of coming close and unity and revelation of Hashem in the world. The reason why, they, who we're talking about? We're talking about idolatrous priests in a very literal sense, actually priests of idol worship. Not like non-Jews nowadays, who as it says in Shulchan Aruch, that they're, they're, they're not really uh, idolaters, although their religion is idolatrous, because they don't really know what they're doing. They just know what their parents did. But they don't really um, believe in what they're doing. They, just, they don't really think too deeply about the, what they're doing. They're not. They're, they're not. Um, they're just following whatever the, whatever their their customs are. But these priests in Egypt, they were the OG idolaters. They they are like like they're real idolaters, and so they had such power in Egypt that the the Yosef didn't. Not only not only did the power make a rule that you can't buy their land, they get to own their own land, but even more, Yosef accepted this, Yosef reckoned with this as well, and Yosef didn't, didn't, um, didn't um, fight this, no pushback. 
was thus if he deserves punk for kert from the techem yigash idolatry is exactly the opposite of ayigash. Ayigash is about the union of the Jewish people and the revealing the oneness of Hashem in the world. Gilach loses baruch ve'elam. Ofrat as the avodah zara from Mitzrayim is given it not away from the kol lekad lekaya not be pari gazok even nisasani. But as far as is lechol and reish given makas nam hukasirasa. This is especially um, wondrous considering the kind of idolatry that existed in Egypt. Not only did they serve gods, uh, uh, idols in Egypt, but there are different kinds of idolatry. One kind of idolatry is, is when you say Hashem is the greatest God, but He made other gods. They're also gods, but Hashem is stronger than them. He's the God of the gods. That's, that's also idolatrous because you're, you're ascribing power to some other forces. But in Egypt, it wasn't Elkad Elkai, it wasn't just that level of idolatry. We had the Parai. The Parai said, I made myself and I made the river. There is no Elkad Elkai, there is no God of gods. And that's why the very first plague, the plague of the blood, was, was, um, uh, to, was, was to attack their idol, they, they worshipped the, the Nile as well. Um, they were, Pirates said there is no God. The Nile River is... is, is there, there was no God of gods. There was no discussion of Hashem at all. Not even as a God of gods. There was a Nile River. There was Pirates. He made the Nile River. But it's a completely um, idolatrous society and idolatrous to the nth degree. The worst kind of idolatry. I made myself made the river. There is, no, there is nothing... They didn't hear about the Abishter. There's no, there's no discussion about, about a, a greater God. So how is, does this um, honor to these idolatrous priests fit in with the theme of Ayigash, of a re- revealing Hashem in the world? When does Feshtein behektem, then bir vavos de avedeh from Ayigash, achtos etzachuk putan dafu dochyuda. Understand this by first explaining something else. How come the one who um, was pivotal in creating this unity was Yehuda? Yehuda m'loshen hapam eis havaya. Yehuda, when Leah gave birth to Yehuda, she said, now I must thank Hashem. Why? Because she knew with divine inspiration that Yaakov had four wives and Yaakov had, was going to have 12 children. And, um, and she thought that the way it would work was that every, every uh, wife of Yaakov would have three children. And when she had one more then what she thought was her allotted portion, she said, now I must thank Hashem. So the word Yehuda means to thank. And not just to thank, but the word Haida means to acknowledge and to submit yourself. Submission is about putting yourself on the side and doing what Hashem is asking you to do, and being devoted to Hashem. In Mesiris Nafesh, giving yourself over to Hashem. Und das hat sich aufgedrückt in dem Vas Vehigashav Yehuda. As Yehuda is given the battle of Tafel to Yosef, and not to him, gedarft ankommen, neis alzev, was ein Agash is bestanden von sich mesh nefesh, sein fab yaminin. This submission, this mysterious nefesh, was expressed in Yehuda's approach to Yosef. Yehuda was nullified to Yosef, and he needed Yosef. Besides the fact that he put himself on the line um, to, uh, to save his brother, he gave, up, he gave his life for his brother Binyamin, he said, put me in prison instead of him. So besides that, that, that emphasis on, on Yehuda's sacrifice for the sake of his brother, besides that, Yehuda, in his approach to Yosef, was subservient to Yosef. What that means spiritually is this. On the surface, he's subservient to this non-Jewish uh, viceroy. 
but there's a spiritual meaning to his subservience to Yosef. As the Yosef is bedargas and mishpia, Yehuda is dargas and makabel. Bakum zanazeh, then eshpoa from the mishpia. Spiritually, Yosef is the one who is on a higher level than Yehuda. Yehuda is the recipient spiritually, and Yosef spiritually is the one who gives to Yehuda. Their um, divine origin and their divine identity is in, in the world of Atsilos. Yosef in Atsilos is the giver. He is the one who emanates Hashem's light. And Yehud is the one who receives Hashem's light. Uba Yosef is Talmud, and Yehud is Maise. is Talmud God, God Talmud Shmei Vdei Maise. And the is Yehud of Yehud is Zayin in the Lamata and Menu Mechnei Mechabal Zayin for Yosef. We're on page uh, 219, the, the um, uh, second paragraph. So there's a, there's a discussion in the Talmud, what's greater, to study or to do? And the Talmud comes to the conclusion that study is greater because study brings to action. So study doesn't have only the virtue of study. Study also causes action. We study Torah, that makes, you learn, that makes you perform Torah too. Not just you know what to do, but just there's, the study of Torah itself inspires action. So, Yosef spiritually was the level of Torah study, and Yehuda spiritually is a level of action. And that's why Yehuda approaches Yosef, because you need Torah study for the action. Torah study is what informs and inspires action. So Yehuda, action, needs Yosef, needs Torah study. Who is the giver of the Torah study? Who is, who is the receiver of the action? And the Talmud says, Torah study is greater. Torah study is greater. Torah study brings to action. So that's why Yehuda is subservient to Yosef, because Torah study is superior to action. Yehuda's subservience to Yosef accomplished unity. The Chaim Chaim Rach. Okay, there is there is um a discussion in Hasidus about the difference between Eliyahu Anavi and Moshe Rabbein, and how the gestation period for Eliyahu Anavi's birth was 12 months, and for Moshe Rabbein's birth it was 7 months. They both, of course, these are both um, uh, heroes of the Jewish people, different level of soul, different level of mission in the world, but the longer gestation period of, of, of Eliyahu is because he was someone who's called Oyev De'avai Begufai. He served Hashem with his body. His, he was about elevating the, the physical body. That's why his body ascended to heaven. Eventually, when he passed away, his body ascends. Uniquely, among, among all the Jewish people, his body ascends. He's in a long, his, he, there's a longer uh, um, pregnancy of Yelio. Why? Because he is more about being here. There's a lengthy journey from heaven to this world because he's more about elevating the physical world. Moshe Rabbeinu had a very short pregnancy, seven months. Why? 
Because Moshe Rabbeinu's role was to meant to be a, a window to the divine reality. He wasn't meant to, um, it wasn't about him elevating his body. His body needed to be buried. It was a, that also, his body was a holy body too, but it was more about his body being a window to his soul. So El Yolnov is in the category of those who serve Hashem with their body, and, Yol, and Moshe is someone who serves, Hashem, who, who serves Hashem with his soul, but revealing soul. Similarly, Yosef and Yehuda, Yosef who is Torah study, Yosef who is the, the one who reveals godliness, he is someone who serves Hashem with his soul. Yehuda, on the other hand, he is someone who serves Hashem with his body, but elevating the physical. I mean, it does say, this may be relevant to this discussion, it does say that when Yosef had the dream, and all of the sheaves of, the, of, his, of his brothers, the, the, the wheat sheaves that they gather, um, come together, they bow down to Yosef's sheaf. Um, so Chassidus explains that there, there's, there's called Birusheni Dema, which means there's gathering sheaves spiritually means gathering divine sparks. When you eat something, you eat with the right, the right intentions, you're elevating the sparks in the food, you bring it to its divine source. But even after you eat it for the right reasons, and you do it for the, and, and you, you elevate the physical food, but how far can you take it already? You could take it as far as you're davening. You could take it as far as, but you're still like, you're, you still feel the food, you still taste the food. It's not a perfect elevation. That's why um, every Shabbos, whatever we do throughout the week, is elevated through our prayers throughout the week. The Shabbos during the week is our prayer time. That's the Shabbos element during the week. And then on Shabbos is another elevation, on Shabbos is a second elevation, whatever was done throughout the week. It needs to be elevated further. Um, it says, in general, even our prayers, the angels need to kiss them and hug the words of our prayers to elevate them higher. So there's one step of elevation when you eat for the right reasons, and there needs to be a second elevation on Shabbos, second elevation through our prayers. Second, there, there are different levels, different stages of elevation. So Yehuda... He represents serving Hashem on one level, one level of elevating the sparks, serving Hashem with his body. And Yosef, a servant of Hashem with his soul, is about a higher kind of revelation. Not about um, doing the heavy lifting of, of, of extracting the divine sparks from the physical world, but, but, but 2.0, lifting it to a higher level. So Yehuda is subservient to Yosef. He needs Yosef, and he's subservient to Yosef. They have a different way of serving Hashem, but Yehuda is subservient to Yosef. The body and the soul, too, have different roles in serving Hashem. Um, the, although we can't do any mitzvahs without our physical body, we need to buy the mitzvahs, but the way Hashem wants us, to organize, wants us to organize our lives is that the body should be governed by the soul. The soul should tell the body what to do, and, and we should cherish the soul more than the body. The Alter Rebbe says the only way to have Avis Yisrael is by... Um, caring about your soul more than your body. If you care about your body more than your soul, then you look at, when you look at other people, you also look at them from an earthy perspective. And whatever, whatever reason you may be attracted to someone, it's, it's going to be short-lived because it's, if, you're, if, you're, if it's based upon your perspective of, of the, of the um, primacy of the body over the soul, then the love is not going to be real. But on the other hand, if you, if you care about your soul more, then we all have one source in heaven, we all have one Father, all of our souls are united, all souls... So in order to really have obviously soul, you have to put the soul um, on a pedestal. When you put the soul on a pedestal, if, the, if you care about the soul more, then that, that transforms all the decisions you make. I mean, uh, do you have more time to daven? Do you have more money to give tzedakah? Do you have more time to learn Torah? Uh, how, how, w- the primacy of the soul of our bodies is considered in Tanya, considered in Torah, as 
a axiom, a, 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 a fundamental axiom of Torah, perhaps the fundamental axiom of Torah. That's why Avos Yisrael is considered such an important mitzvah, because it is about um, the preeminence of the soul over the body, which, which, which has a... Um, which pervades all of, all of Judaism, that, that theme. So, the soul being raised over the body, and those who are serving Hashem with their souls, like Moshe and Yosef-like souls, being um, held in high esteem by other souls who serve Hashem with their body, um, that's the theme of Ayigash. Yehuda approaches Yosef. Yehuda who serves Hashem with his body, he needs Yosef. He's subservient to Yosef. That represents the body being subservient to the soul. That represents those who serve Hashem with their body being subservient to those who serve Hashem with their soul and how they recognize that they need to, they, they add something to them. So in that um, um, effort of, of, of Yehuda approaching Yosef and needing Yosef, there is a, uh, there is a it creates a, a union, creates a oneness, creates a unity. That those who serve Hashem with their body and the body itself is subservient and, and, and becomes one with the soul. And this absolute devotion to Hashem that Yehuda displayed by his subservience to Yosef, that's what caused the revelation of the oneness of Hashem in the world. By him being uniting with Yosef and him receiving from Yosef, that was what caused the revelation of Hashem's oneness in the world. Well, as kol bottled to Hashem that the whole world should become subservient to Hashem. And that empowered the ability to break and destroy the idolatry in Egypt, which is completely the opposite of Hashem's, Hashem's oneness. Yosef's service of Hashem or by itself, organically, Yosef's service of Hashem, was, which is about revelation of godliness, that doesn't completely nullify the idolatry. That leaves room for idolatry to exist. Why is that? How come, how come Yosef's service of Hashem leaves room for idolatry and Yehuda's service of Hashem negates idolatry? What's the difference? Everything comes from holiness, even idolatry. Everything comes from Torah. But there are many contractions, and after all of the curtains and, and different um, levels of contraction, Eventually, there is emerges something really low. There can actually be an idol. Looking at things from the perspective of Torah study alone, it could be you're missing a little bit in your devotion to Hashem. If your service to Hashem is merely with Torah study, you could be missing in your devotion to Hashem. There could be a sense of self. There could even be a sense of I am a, of of, of Feeling like a god. There could be some kind of tr- a trace of the feeling of pare. I made the river and I made myself. That, that could also exist. Uh, some, not, not, in a subtle, very, very, very subtle way. In a very subtle way, that could exist. The guy's learning Torah, understanding the Torah. 
and he's uniting with the Torah. And he's uniting with it to the extent that, that the Torah empowers a Torah scholar to have some kind of ownership on Torah. As the Torah says that if a rabbi forgives his honor, he may, for, he may do so. He could say, I, 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 I forgive my honor, even though it seems to be the honor of Torah, but he has ownership over the honor of Torah. And he could say, I forgive my honor because it's my Torah. So there's a sense of self over there. He owns the Torah. That's the service of Hashem of Torah study. It leaves room for a sense of self. It leaves room for idolatry. It, it leaves room for a sense of idolatry that I I exist too, and in fact I made myself and made the river. However, someone whose service of Hashem is in action, the word action actually comes from the Hebrew word to coerce. That means a person is in a state of absolute devotion to Hashem because he, he, doesn't, he doesn't feel any virtue in himself. He just feels like, what does Hashem want me to do? The action. The yoke to fulfill the action. That guy, has, there's no trace in him of idolatry. No trace of self. The guy who's studying Torah, there's hands of self over there. So that's the reason why in Dorfa Yigish of Yehuda, so it's specifically by Yehuda approaching Yosef that he gave Yosef also this sense of devotion to Hashem that only Yehuda possessed. So that Yosef's Torah study should have the same quality as Yehuda's service of Hashem. So in short, where, where we're going is, is that um, the reason why uh, specifically um, the Torah emphasizes that the priests retain ownership of their property in this Torah portion, which is all about unity, because the Torah wants to tell us that there's something missing in the service of Hashem of Torah study, and it could leave room for a sense of self, it could even leave room eventually for a, some trace of idolatry, some, some sense of self to the point of, similar to Parai, I made myself, I made the river, and only with the, with the service of Hashem of Yehuda, of, of just accepting the yoke of Hashem, doing what the action Hashem wants, only there is there the absolute negation of idolatry. Only in his world is there no idolatry. And the, the meaning of Yosef meeting Yehuda is that Yosef imbues Yehuda with this sense in his Torah study, so that, as Ramam writes, that, that a person should study Torah with such love and devotion that they lose themselves in Torah study. The Ramam says about a person who is, is infatuated, that he just thinks about the love all the time, he can't stop thinking about it. That's, that's what Yehuda gives to Yosef, he gives Yosef not just he studied in Torah and he says a sense of self but he's able to now lose himself in his Torah study to, uh, to throw himself into it and to cut the cord L'chaim